Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 6th, 2010. And we're going to go ahead and uh, continue with the study. This next article is from the Jerusalem Connection International. It's entitled The Gaza Flotilla Action. And it starts out by saying, here's more information about the so-called humanitarian flotilla which, like so many groups who hide behind titles such as humanitarian and peace and justice, are violent and hateful in their premeditated acts. The pictures are hard to watch, the emotions they create are understandable, but let us realize this is exactly what the Turkish humanitarian organization wanted to create with this flotilla. Well, I don't think they wanted to have the videos that the IDF put up there of them attacking them and them being politely warned and all the, all the documentation of all the weapons they had on board prior to this... No, that's not what they wanted up on TV. Of course, it's really not up on TV. But you can find the information, and I give you all the links to those videos at the very start of this. Now, as I do with every week, I will put this up in PDF format, up on contendingfortruth.com. Click on the teachings audio link in the upper left-hand corner, and you'll see a little Adobe PDF box. You can click on it. Or if you're on my email list, I'll, I'll send it out to you. Uh, and you'll have the whole thing there. You can look, check out the links. If you don't believe me, just click on it. Explore this for yourself. And uh, hopefully, you know, this is one of the biggest teachings I've ever done. And it, it just worked out that way. I, I can't tell you how many hours I put into this thing this week. Because I just kept getting more and more information about it. And I've tried to condense it down as much as I can. But there's a lot of things that are very important in regard to understanding this issue. If you want to be on my email list... Um, just email Dr. Johnson, D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at the letter I, the letter X, dot netcom, N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com, and tell me what list you want to be on. I have two lists, a health and a Christian oriented. I would highly advise you just get on both, because I don't even send out that many on the health anymore. I just don't have time. But the health one is very important when it comes to biological issues in uh, things of that nature, where if they're going to introduce some kind of uh, pandemic and things of that nature. So, they're both very important. Okay, so let's go further. Uh, let's see. This was not a peaceful humanitarian group. They came armed and ready for violence, even with children as human shields. Again, we get more confirmation there. And they admitted to it. Please use the facts below whenever you talk or engaged on the subject. Number one. A state of armed conflict exists between Israel and the Hamas regime controlling Gaza. The Hamas terrorists at this point have launched over 12,000 rockets against Israeli citizens and are presently smuggling in Iranian arms and military supplies into Gaza by land and sea in order to fortify its positions and continue its attacks. What if there was like a part of America that was like, um, I don't know, right off the coast of New York? And they were firing, and they had fired 12,000 rockets at New York over this several year period. Do you think we would have put up with that? Do you think we would have put up with two or three, much less 12,000 rockets? But Israel's different. They should put up with it. They, these, this is a religion of peace now. You have to understand, the Muslims are. And how dare they defend themselves against these 12,000 rockets and all these other terrorist attacks and, and attempts. It, it's, it's insane. But this is evidently what we're supposed to believe, that, that they're, you know, they're the good guys. They're, it's just Israel, all Israel's fault. Number two, under international law, Israel has a right to protect the lives of its civilians and from Hamas attack and consequently has undertaken measures to defend itself, including the imposition of maritime blockade to curb Hamas rearmament. Under international maritime law, when a maritime blockade is in effect, no vessels can enter the blockaded area. Hey, that's Israel's business, not ours. What right do we tell, have to tell them, and they have a real good reason for it, to prevent rearmament of these terrorists? Three, in line with Israel's obligations under international law, the ships participating in the protest flotilla were warned repeatedly that a maritime blockade is in effect off the coast of Gaza and were given due notice of its exact coordinates. You saw or you heard one of the warnings there. I just played it for you. And you can watch the video 
of it if you if you click on the link that I supply you. I've done all the work for you. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make this ministry as much of a one-stop shopping so you don't have to go and sort this stuff out. It's right here. Watch it for yourself. Number 4. Israel repeatedly offered the flotilla organizers permission to land in the port of Ashdod and to transfer their aid to Gaza through the existing overland crossings in accordance with the established procedures. Now, I mentioned this before, but this is the details. There's a, there's a port in Ashdod that they said, go to this port, we'll let you in. Thousands and tons of humanitarian supplies are regularly allowed in by Israel through the land crossings. The flotilla organizers rejected this offer, stating clearly that, quote, this mission is not about delivering humanitarian supplies. It's about breaking Israel's siege. As though they have that right to impose themselves on Israel like that. What other country would permit such, such treatment? Why isn't this front and center in the mainstream news. This whole thing could have been averted very easily if they would have just agreed to go to Ashdod. But see, it was never about humanitarian aid. It was about creating an international incident where Israel could be demonized to the world. Number five. While the organizers claimed to have humanitarian concern for the residents of Gaza, they did not have similar concerns for the fate of the abducted Israeli soldier Gilead Shalit, uh, and when asked, refused to even make a public call to allow him to be visited by the Red Cross. Shalit has languished in a Gazan dungeon for over three years. Now, they've already let virtually all these um, terrorists go from this, from this flotilla. They took them into custody, but they've already let them go. But this guy's languished in a Gazan dungeon for over three years. Again, everything is so disproportionate and skewed when it comes to the, this subject. Number six, when it became clear that the protest flotilla intended to violate the blockade, despite repeated warnings, Israeli naval, naval personnel boarded the vessels of the flotilla and redirected them to Ashdod. They had no choice. What else could they do? Number seven, given the large number of vessels participating in the flotilla... There was an operational need to undertake measures to enforce the blockade a certain distance from the area of the blockade. In other words, they didn't want to let them get up to the blockade line and all of a sudden spring this on them at once when you have all these moving ships. Number eight, the intention of the flotilla participants to resist the Israeli naval personnel was made clear in numerous television interviews on May 30th, given by the head of the IHH, which I mentioned earlier, Bullet. Yildrum, who was the guy who on board of the Mavi Marami, Marama, which was the ship that got boarded, as he held a year-old infant in his arms in what he called a message to any Israelis planning to act on the flotilla. So, in other words, hey, if you come on the flotilla, I'm going to have a baby in front of me. You'll have to go. You'll have to kill the baby before you can get to me. Now, if I've ever heard of a bigger piece of cowardice and spinelessness in my life, I don't think I've ever heard of why would you use a baby as a shield. And he bragged about this. I'm sorry, but he's so stupid that he went on TV and he's the head of this IHH, which were the ones that were behind this Turkish flotilla. I mean, these people are their own worst enemies. I mean, But yes, this is all suppressed in the news. Because the mainstream media is a brainwashing tool, more than anything. Not to say I never watch any of it, because I like to compare notes. This was, quote, a, quote, message. Him holding a year old infant in his arms, which what he called a message to any Israelis planning to act on the flotilla. (laughs) Oh man, dude. I mean, this guy's got no shame in his game. I mean, you're willing to hold a baby up in front of you. You can't get much more of, of, a, of a stinking coward than that. I, I, I just, I love it when they expose themselves. Because truly, they really are their own worst enemies. The problem is, is this stuff doesn't make it to the mainstream media news brainwashing outlets. Because it doesn't help their agenda 
being advanced. Israel has to be demonized. Number nine, the Israeli navy was met. And, 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 and these Muslims, why wasn't there absolute total public outcry against this coward who held up a baby on TV saying, no, 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 this is not the way we want to advance our, our, our agenda. I don't Allah or not. We don't want to use babies as human shields in order to advance our agenda. But I don't think there was any public outcry. It was all okay as long as Allah's agenda was advanced. I mean, that's pathetic. That is beyond pathetic. Number nine, the Israeli Navy was met with violent opposition. Two pistols were found in the hands of protesters, and over a dozen Israeli personnel were hospitalized, some in critical condition. One militant snatched a gun from an Israeli commando and opened fire. The Navy described being met by a lynching party. And I give you, again, the links right here. You can watch the video if you want. Number ten, in Ashdod, the flotilla's cargo will... Uh, would have been offloaded and humanitarian items would have been transferred overland to Gaza in accordance with standard op- standard operating procedures. It's, it's their country. They have a right to, to conduct these types of things the way that they, they see fit. We don't have a right to impose our will on them. The participants of the flotilla will be subjected to immigration procedures applicable in the cases of an, of an attempted illegal entry. Well, I think Israel's pretty much already let most of them go just to avoid any further in international incidents. Now, could you imagine if it, if it was Israelis doing this in one of these Muslim countries? All the Israelis would have been annihilated and killed, and they would, give, they would have no apologies given whatsoever. The Muslims would be proud. Allah has triumphed, and, and we have advanced, and, you know, praise be to Allah is what they'd be saying. And there'd be no real public outcry. Oh, they shouldn't have killed all those those poor Israelites. But, you know, they're, they, they have such pent-up frustrations over the way they've been treated by this tiny little sliver of land called Israel for all these years and all the terrible, horrific things they've had to adore at the, at the hands of the Israelis that it's no wonder, you know, that they've done this. That's what they would have said, probably. It's okay. It's, it's okay for... for um, the Israelis to die. In other words. Number 11. Few reports have focused on the two organizations involved in the flotilla. Now I added this in because I found this out separately. And I give you the links here to check it out further. So these are the two organizations involved in the flotilla. Because I wanted to know who was behind the flotilla. They are the IHH, which I have mentioned, which was the guy, the head of the chairman, was the guy that was bragging about holding up the baby in front of him. And saying, this is a message to you, Israel. This is what you're going to be met with. Ooh, babies. Ooh, how intimidating. So we'll have to kill the babies to get to the Muslims. Man, what bravery. What bravery on those Muslims' parts. So, they are the IHH, the Foundation for Human Rights and Freedoms of Humanitarian Relief, billed as a, quote, charity group from Turkey and Free Gaza. An organization of leftist radicals who wish to foment violence against Israel. This is what I was expecting to hear. The IHS, IHH is a front group with a history of supplying weapons to Islamic terrorist groups in the region. Now, you don't think Israel already knew this? They admitted who they were. They know they have a history of supplying terrorist weapons, uh, uh, supplying weapons to Islamic terrorist groups in the region. I would think, yeah, you would really want to search that ship closely. And, and, and think about this. They found weapons and they did find a lot of stuff on board. Well, if you, were, if you were them and you knew you had weapons and you knew you had a lot to hide on board your ship, wouldn't you want to uh, meet these IDF forces with a lot of violence and resistance so that they would never find this stuff? Sure you would. That's, why, that's part, of, part of the reason they did it as well. Um, so this group has a history of supplying weapons to the Islamic terrorist groups in the region. Even the French recognize this group as a front for terrorists. And again, the, the chairman of the group is the same guy that held the baby up. This is how insane these people are. They're insane. They're demonically possessed, these, these Muslims at these, at these terrorist levels. They are demonically possessed. They are insane. How, what other conclusion could you come to? Freak, I mean, it's pure evil. 
And we're supposed to resist evil as Christians. This is pure evil. And I mean resisting primarily in prayer, fasting, and these types of things. Uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. These people are demonically, totally bound up. And again, if it be possible, their souls be saved. I, I'm not wishing them to devil's hell. But most of them are going to end up there according to the Bible because of what the Bible says. Broad is the way which leads to destruction. Most of these people are so demonically taken over and infested and possessed that, you know, most of them aren't going to get saved. And unfortunately, that's the case for, the, for most of the planet as well. And I wish it wasn't so, but, you know, it's, and it doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for them, but I do not pray for them to prosper in wickedness. And what they're doing is pure wickedness. When wickedness is exposed and when wickedness is judged in the Bible, if you look at the Bible, good things always happen. Really positive things, like people getting saved. Ananias and Sapphira. They were both struck dead. What was, what was the fruit of that? That was God's judgment. What was the fruit? Many were saved and added to the fold. Great fear fell upon the camp. These types of things. Fear of God. Many were saved. Sounds like a good thing to me. Well, when God judges wickedness, it's always a positive thing. Always. So, God's judgment is something that needs to happen in this situation in order for um, some of these positive things to happen from a biblical standpoint. Free Gaza was founded in 2008 to provoke Israel for Islamists in the Gaza Strip. That's why Free Gaza, which is this organization that came with Latil, was founded to provoke Israel. What a great reason to form an organization. Our the only reason we, we're formed is because we want to provoke this other group. Wow, I mean, you know, at least, you know, you can't question their intentions, you know? Their heart was in the right place, at least. Nothing else. And it was specifically to provoke Israel for the Islamists in the Gaza Strip. What, what did they do just now? They did that exact Thing, their mission statement. Involved in the founding of this were former Weather Underground domestic terrorist Bill Ayers and his wife Bernadine Dorn and Jody Evans, founder of Code Pink, which is an anti-military, anti-American organization. Code Pink barges into congressional hearings and does whatever it can to subvert our efforts against Islamic terrorism around the world. President Obama began his political career in the living room of Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. Ayers had been involved in the bombing of the Pentagon and the New York City Police Department in the 1970s during the Vietnam War. Both had gone underground for many years to avoid capture for their terrorist activities. Isn't that special? Why would that surprise us any? Summing it up, inevitably Israel will be portrayed as brutal and unconcerned for human rights of the victims or the victims of the conflict. Hamas and the many other Islamic terror organizations play the Western world, its press, and its governments masterfully. Well, let me, let me just say this. So much, so much of their act, I don't want to give them that much credit. I really don't. Because they're... So many of, of, of their tactics and so many of these people are so stupid. The only way it could come off as plain the Western world and its press and its governments masterfully, if it wasn't totally manipulated in the news and we only saw one side of the story. If we saw what really was going on, they wouldn't be able to do any of this. There would be a reverse outcry against the Islamic world, which is where, where it should be. But no, no, it's against Israel. The end result is that Israel, as, all, as so often, is caught in a no-win situation and must ultimately use force to stop the aggression and depredations of the Hamas, Hamas terror organization. Whether Hamas and the Islamists unleash incessant rocket fire into Israeli civilian towns, kidnap Israeli soldiers, inflict terror attacks, or bring a flotilla of so-called peace activists to Gaza, Israel is brought to a position that it must not that it must act. It has no choice. Not to do so is ultimately to commit national suicide. 
Sadly, the mainstream press consistently refuses to accept or understand how they are being relentlessly manipulated by Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Islamists, and the Jihadists. I, 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 don't, I don't want to give them that much credit. They're willingly being manipulated because that's been the orders from the, from the top of the Illuminati. We want to demonize Israel. We want to create this conflict, and we're going to give you our order out of chaos. And most likely, when the Antichrist arises, he is going to be the one on the heels of World War III that finally comes and says, Hey, listen guys, i got it all figured out. I know how we can all play nice. I'm going to give you a peace plan, and we're going to sign this covenant, and you're going to confirm it with me, and we're all going to play nice. And he's going to come as a man of peace, as the Bible says. And he's going to be the only one in the history of the Jews and the Arabs, essentially, or Islam, that is, that is going to be able to figure this whole thing out so that they can all get along. Most likely, that's how it's going to go down. Again, I can't be dogmatic in all the details, but to me it seems the most logical uh, conclusion. Next article. Participants, um, Gaza flotilla participants created a war atmosphere prior to confronting Israel. Here's another thing, totally separate from what we talked about. Participants chanted Islamic battle cries, invoking killing of Jews and calling for martyrdom. On the day before the Gaza flotilla confronted the Israeli army, Al Jazeera TV documented the pre-battle atmosphere created by men on board the flotilla, who chanted a well-known Islamic battle cry invoking the killing and defeating of the Jews in battle, where they said, remember, Kaibar, Kaibar, O Jews, the army of Muhammad will return. End of quote. Now this was on Al Jazeera TV. This. And I give you a link where you can actually watch them doing this on the TV channel. I'm not making this up. I'm not, oh, well, we heard they were doing this. No, you can watch it. Kaibar is the name of the last Jewish village defeated by Muhammad's army in 628. It's been a little while since they've had a real good victory over the Jews. 628. <laughs> been a little while. Anyway, many Jews, were, I mean, only, what, like, four, around 1,400 years, I mean, <laughs> anyway, many Jews were killed in that battle, which marked the end of the Jewish presence in Arabia. There are Muslims who see that as a precursor to future wars against the Jews at gatherings and rallies of extremists. This chant is often heard as a threat to the Jews to expect to be defeated and killed by Muslims again. So they're talk, they're, they're, they're still fixated on this battle in 628, <laughs> where they won. That's pretty pathetic. But that's what they were chanting on this ship, on the Gaza flotilla, and it was documented by Al Jazeera TV. I mean, if they had a half a brain in their head, why were they letting this stuff go up on TV? Why would they let the, the, the head of, the, of this Turkish uh, humanitarian organization that put this Gaza flotilla in there, why would they put him on TV with a baby in front of him saying... This is a message to you, Israel. We're going to use babies as human shields. I mean, what, what manliness. I don't think I've ever seen such a macho statement in my life. Use a little baby as a shield. And they're, and they're doing this, but again, it's all suppressed on the TV. And this is why I have this ministry, in part, to be a watchman and to give us the truth that we're not getting. Because if you were a Christian and all you were going by is what you saw on CNN or whatever, you would think, wow, man, those Israelites, they're really... They're, I don't know, I just, they're, they're really bad. These poor, poor Muslims. Al Jazeera also interviewed a woman, and, I, and again, you can watch her say this on the thing. I watched it. They interviewed a woman who said the flotilla participants' goal was one of two happy endings. Either martyrdom or reaching Gaza. So they were either going to break through the blockade or they were going to be martyred. Now, they said originally that they weren't going to use force, that they were, it was a peaceful flotilla, all these, these Islamic peace activists. They had, that was all lies. Every bit of it was lies. They have no integrity whatsoever when it comes to, if, if, however they view it, advancing their agenda. They have no integrity. They'll lie right to your face, and I'm going to show you why they think they can get away with it, because the Quran and other ones of their unholy books teaches them that it's okay to do that. Uh, this, um, 
Hamas's Alaska TV chose to glorify flotilla participants who shouted the Islamic battle cry by broadcasting an interview with a university lecturer who referred to them as those with faith and will. So in other words, they were being praised because they were doing this. Now, do you think that Israel wasn't aware of these of this stuff going up on the TV? Of course they knew this was going on. They knew their intentions. They're not idiots. And this is why they came out to meet them specifically, and I think they wanted to do it at night, when when under the cover of darkness, you know, where, you know, because they wanted the lights, camera, action, the Islamic, they even admitted that. Israel wanted to try to be low-key about it, because they knew that they were being set up. And this is why they recorded it all, because they're smart. But yet, none of those recordings matter to any of the mainstream media. Oh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to ignore all that. It's, it's Israel's bad, and, and we'll ignore all the actual footage. Well, they couldn't. What more could they have done? What more could Israel have done? Um, this was from Dr. Abid Al Fatah, lecturer at Shira Law at the University of Sena. He said, "Quote: Yesterday, I followed the news agencies, and they convened, and they conveyed the Zionist threats to stop the convoy and prevent it from entering Gaza." These are threats, okay? Uh, no, they were the ones threatening to break through the thing. We Israel wasn't on the threatening end. The terrorists were. Israel was just saying, we're going to enforce our blockade because it's what we do. And we have a right to do that. And then he goes on to say, on the other side, those with faith. And we'll once again call out upon hearing the reports of the threats. Remember Kaibar, remember Kaibar, oh Jews, the army of Muhammad will return. So the whole, it sounds like the whole nation was behind them, uh, or, or Islam. Al Jazeera TV also reports that before the confrontation, flotilla participants announced they would use resistance against Israel, even though they told Israel they weren't. Why? Because it's okay to lie to your enemy, according to the Quran. Um, evidently they used the term Mukawama. Now that's a word. Mukawama uh, is the Arabic, Arabic term used by Palestinians to refer to all violence against Israel, including suicide terror. Uh, the Al Jazeera website then went on to say the flotilla includes hundreds of Arab and foreign solidarity activists from more than 40 countries. They have announced their determination to use resistance to any attempt at piracy by the Israeli occupation. And again, it's we're we're just we're under the, the the insane assumption that evidently Israel has no right to defend herself whatsoever. This is this is what we're supposed to buy into. Next article: IDF Global Jihad links on the flotilla. Dozens of passengers who were aboard the Mavi Marama. Turkish passenger ship are suspected of having connections with global jihad-affiliated terrorist organizations, defense officials said on Tuesday, amid growing concerns that the Turkish warships would accompany a future flotilla to the Gaza Strip. According to the defense officials, the IDF has identified about 50 passengers on the ship who could have terrorist connections with global jihad-affiliated groups. Now... None of them had passports, so they were all going to be there illegally anyway. They had no intention of coming into this country legally. And if you don't have a passport, if you don't have identification, it's kind of tough for them to identify you, which is all by design. During its searches of the Mavi Marama on Tuesday, the military, and this is the boat where they had all the confrontation, the military also discovered a cache of bulletproof vests, night vision goggles, as well as gas masks. So in other words, there were... Suspicions were confirmed, and this is probably the very. Uh, this is I, I have a comment here. It's no wonder the terrorist Muslims fought so fought the IDF so hard when trying to board their ship, because they knew they had all the stuff on board. And then it goes on to say the group of over fifty passengers with possible terror connections have refused to identify themselves and were not carrying passports. Comment. So in other words, they never had any intention of entering Israel legally or peacefully. No, they didn't. Yet, none of that's told on the news. None of it. Many of them were carrying envelopes packed with thousands of dollars in cash. And then my comment, no doubt to fund the terrorists in the Gazan Strip. 
I'm sure that they were just going to go to coffee shops and get espressos with all that cash. You know, maybe buy a mattress or some ice cube trays, bowling ball cover or two. You know, just innocent stuff. Innocent typewriter ribbons. You know. Stock up on baseball cards. Yeah, they weren't they weren't they weren't there for any kind of nefarious reason. I mean, come on. So let's go further. The, this initiative is not going to stop, she said from the groups based in Cyprus. We think eventually Israel will get some kind of common sense. They're going to have to stop the blockade of Gaza. See, what their their thing is is that putting doing this and creating this international incident which is all by design. They're going to finally pressure Israel to finally stop this blockade and then really let all the terrorist implements flow into Gaza so they can really blow Israel off the map. That's what their goal is with this. Okay, they're sick of having um, all their stuff went through and they can't get their supplies in to resupply the terrorists. The terrorists are running into rockets and bullets and all their other stuff. Those poor terrorists. What's this world coming to when they can't get these things to blow up their to blow up Israel? That's what this is all about. They're going to have to stop the blockade of Gaza, and one of the ways to do this is for us to continue to send the boats. They're doing it all by design. They think they're just going to wear Israel down and they're going to demonize them in the press enough where Israel will finally throw up his hands and say, okay, yeah, just let all the rockets... I don't think they're going to let them. Netanyahu's right in what he's saying. No, we're not going to let them do it. I mean, that would be absolute insanity. But what they're trying to also do is to get all the world's nations to unite and demonize Israel and turn against her militarily. I don't care if the whole... Galaxy turns against Israel militarily. God, I believe, is going to protect her. He's the one that created the universe. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made, according to John 1. And he's not going to let it happen. I don't care if everybody turns against her. We can have every nuke on the, on the, in a galaxy pointed at her, and he can still, and will, I do believe, protect Israel. That's my personal opinion, but I think I have Bible to back me up on that. Here's another article entitled Recipe for a New Blood Libel. This is from Stan Good something. Forget his name. Stan Good Enough. Stan Good Enough. That's a cool name. Anyway. Um, anyway, he's a, um, a Jewish uh, writer. And he writes some very insightful articles, and I just I'm going to give you the high points of his of his assessment of this. He starts out. This was the day afterward, I believe this happened. He says, "I love watching Israel being exonerated. It has happened. To, oh, of course, they haven't been exonerated in the national news, but what they've found, they were exonerated." He goes on to say, "It's happened time and time again over the years. Israel's enemies falsely level blood libels against the Jews." And reflexively, anti-Israel news media snatches and runs exhilarated with the story, spreading the perverted version of these events far and wide. Sooner or later, their reporting is shown to be inaccurate, if not downright false, and Israel is absolved. Not that this makes much difference to those who hate Israel, of course, but it is music to the ears and the eyes of those who love Israel. This was Israel's response. Naval ships intercepted the flotilla and Israeli commandos armed with paintball rifles, yes, they were armed with paintball rifles, wearing sidearms strictly for self-defense as a last-case scenario, slid to the deck of the larger ship, the Mavi Marama. Their purpose is to tell the protesters one last time that they would not be allowed into Gaza. This was the last resort. They had given them every other option. Okay, and immediately they were attacked. A few minutes later, a reporter for Turkish television, who just so happened to be there, was heard screaming into the camera, these savages are killing people here, please help. Now, you can watch the video and see the IDF were attacked. As soon, I mean, before they even set foot on the ship, you could see how they were attacked. And yet this... Good old scum Turkish television reporter was screaming, these savages are killing people here, please help. He's a liar. Why is he a liar? Because he's a Muslim and his Quran teaches him it's okay to lie as long as you're advancing Allah's agenda. 
The news flashed around the globe. That is to say, an un an uninformed and misinformed version of what happened flew from network to network, the headlines and the reporting, the condemnations, the outrage voiced on the morning of May 31st, 2010 were predictable. The, the Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put light for darkness and darkness for light. Sweater, uh, sweater, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That is what the media does almost with everything that comes out, particularly anything pertaining to Israel. They're calling something evil good. They're calling all this evil I have just described that the Muslims have admitted to. And they premeditated it. And they even put it on their own TV. And then we have the video footage to prove that they did this. They're calling that good. And they're calling the IDF and Israel defending itself Against terrorism, evil. Woe unto them, the Bible says. This world's in in begging for God's judgment. Begging. Not just America, the world in general is begging for God's judgment. Israel had attacked a sailing flotilla of peace activists who were simply seeking to take humanitarian aid to the suffering people of the Gaza Strip. That's what was presented. Israel had done this. IDF soldiers had opened fire indiscriminately on the, uh, on the unresisting protesters, killing up to 19 of them. Now, this is what was told, and this is what, what, obviously, it's not what happened. I already told you what happened. But this is what the media was telling everybody. The, and then it says the Israelis had dropped from a helicopter onto the deck of a Turkish ship and immediately opened fire on unarmed civilians, which is all alive from the pit of hell. Israel had deliberately targeted innocent civilians, claiming troublemaking. Turkey's foreign ministry wearing warning of irreparable consequences to the two countries' relations. Israel had committed also a massacre, cried PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization Chief Mahmoud Abbas, while his mouthpiece, Saeb Erekat, pronounced Israel's guilty of another war crime. They're all liars! They all lie! And they just, they're so proud of their lying. They have no integrity whatsoever. Their word means nothing. For a good measure, the PA and the PLO immediately declared three days of mourning for those killed. Screamed the BBC, they said, quote, death as Israel storms aid ship. CNN said, quote, Israeli commandos kill at least 10 people in pre-dawn raids on flotilla of six ships carrying aid for the Palestinian territory in Gaza. So, again, I saw this and, and I'm like, <laughs> just, you just want to tear your hair out when you see these reports. They're just pure lies. The network also gave a platform to the Gaza-based Hamas spokesman, Sami Abu Zuri, who stated, quote, the Israeli attack on the Freedom Flotilla is an ugly crime and against international law, and this reflects the nature of the criminal Israeli occupation, end of quote. Now, everything he said would have applied definitely to the, to the Islam, it, it, um, Islam or the Muslims or whatever, whatever you want to call them. It's all opposite. Every single thing is the opposite of truth. And then it said, deceived by these hysterical headlines, officials like Catherine Ashton and Europe's Europe, European Union's High Representative of Foreign Affairs and the senior UN figures, Robert Seri and Filippo Grandi, laid the blame for the whole affair at Israel's door and demanded Israel immediately lift the blockade in Gaza. See, they want that blockade lifted too because then they can advance their agenda more. They can let all those terrorist supplies come in there and really start firing the rockets. And then we can get on with this order out of chaos a little bit better. They're trying to bring the, their order, which ultimately is going to be the new world order, out of the chaos they create. The new British Foreign Minister, John Haig, also called on Israel to open all crossings for free flow aid in the Gaza. Notice the whole world's against them. Deputy United Nations Chief Oscar Ferdinand, Ferdinand Taranko said the deaths could have been avoided if only Israel had lifted its blockade. No, the deaths could have been avoided on so many levels, 
so many levels. All they would have had to have done is gone to Ashdod. They would have let him, and then they would have went through. But then they would have found all their terrorist implements. So that they weren't going to let that happen if they could avoid it. Let's. I, I just, I, I just, I, I hate injustice. I, I, I absolutely abhor it. And this is just one of the most unjust things I've seen in a long time. Needless to say, the fact that the deaths could have been avoided if the activists had kept their noses out of Israel's affairs never entered the man's head. Again, true. What really happened? Israel has plenty of footage revealing the truth. You can view the sickening scenes here, here, and here. It gives you three links. They're probably the same three links I've got up there. The peace-loving protesters tried to lynch the Israeli soldiers. As each paintball-armed soldier reached the deck, he was leaped upon by an iron-bar-wielding, chair-smashing, knife-stabbing, and even gun-firing peace activists. Some soldiers were beaten senseless. I mean, if you see these guys swinging these clubs on this deck, I showed Nonette and Taylor, um, I mean, they are giving it all they got. They were trying to kill them. I'm talking as hard as they could over the head. One was dropped headfirst onto the lower deck. You can watch that right on the film. You'll watch him drop headfirst onto the lower deck, sustaining serious injuries. Another was stabbed. His pistol was grabbed from him and used to fire at the Israelis. Stun grenades and firebombs were thrown at the soldiers. Why, when they eventually opened fire, it was only to defend themselves. And we still do not know how many of those killed were killed by the soldiers or by the terrorists. So see, there's a lot of people that died. Who knows, with the bullets that were flying... Because they had some guns at that point, who they might have killed as far as they were killing, they might have killed a Muslim in regard to them, and that would be referred to as like friendly fire. The Muslims are over there firing, it's in the middle of the night, who knows who killed, who was responsible for the deaths of who. We're blaming it all on Israel. We don't even know that. I wouldn't, you know, if they could blow themselves all up, and they did it themselves and make it look like the Israel. They'd do that most likely in a heartbeat to advance Allah's agenda. This is the real story, but don't hold your breath waiting for the currently convening emergency session of the United Nations Security Council to find in Israel's favor. Yeah, it's such a big deal that the United Nations actually held an emergency session Security Council. So they kind of try to pressure Israel. When it comes to the state of the hatred of Jews, the truth rarely finds traction in the court of international opinion. Thanks largely to the media, many millions of people are primed and ready to believe the worst about the actions of Israel's Jews. For them, it's a case of why let the facts get in the way of a convenient and expedient story that further feeds their prejudices and satisfies their twisted desires. I don't understand why there is this desire within a lot of professing Christians to just so demonize the Jews. I I really see it coming more and more and more in the last two to three years. Whole Christian organizations that are literally, some of their mission statements, almost devoted to just demonizing the whole Jewish race, not just the people, the wicked Zionist Illuminati ones at the top. Not not everybody. Israel's cause in general, their right to exist. I've never seen such a thing. I never thought I would. Christians doing this. But it's becoming... And you know what? The more I see it, the more I just want to fight harder to defend righteousness and a righteous cause because they have a right to protect themselves and this is a righteous cause. All it does is fire me up more. And and, and these people that want to argue with me and do this or do that, the overwhelming evidence is 100% against you and I've just proven this and I've even got more to go over. It's so overwhelming. And I'm sorry if you're blinded to that fact, but that's not my problem. I'm here to present the facts, and these are the facts. And the thing is, is this is just one of many thousands of events just like this that continues to occur. The Muslims and the Islamic people are so predictable, 
in their actions. They're so predictable, and they're really not very smart in the way they carry out things. If the media wasn't helping them along, they, they would have been exposed so long ago, and they have been exposed. And I'm not talking about my listeners. I don't think I'm coming down on my listeners. I'm talking about the people that are just have this, it's like this hatred of Israel. And I just don't understand it. I really don't, but I've seen it grow more and more and more and more among professing Christians. In the la- and that's why I think I'm getting madder and madder and madder about it. Because I see it growing more and more and more. And, and as things get more skewed and more outrageous and more insane, like this story I'm talking about, Christians, professing Christians, are, are, are going more and more and more over to the Muslims in, in the Islamic side. And aligning themselves with them and the United Nations and Maitreya and Krem and all the New Agers and all the terrorists. Look at what side you're putting yourself on. That alone would, would, would make me think I might want to look at both sides of the story. Let's go further. This is another, just a brief excerpt from his next article called Where the Spider's Web. Like, beware of the spider's web. Not wear it like a coat or anything. Sorry. Um, He said the eruption of violence that occurred on the high seas in the early hours of May 31st, when criminals and terrorists masquerading as peace activists attacked and tried to kill Israeli soldiers, had at least one positive outcome. It caused Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to cancel his visit to the White House which had been set for Tuesday after President Obama extended an invitation to the Israeli leader last week. Few observers were fooled by this friendly request. Obama, who has unabashedly realigned his country away from its traditional pro-Israel stance, had come under the withering fire from many quarters, including some from its own corner, like treating Netanyahu like dirt during his last visit to the Washington White House. I, I, I documented all this. Okay, I documented all of this in that teaching that I did. Treated him like dirt. With a virtual 0% approving rating among Israelis, the American leader Obama has clearly been forced to accept the fact that he would not be able to cajole the people of the world's only Jewish state into embracing his vision for a new Middle East. Good for them. Have that devil over there, or have him invite. I don't think, you know... Uh. Now, many of you also know there's a new age ship going to Gaza. Now, this is going down as we write this. This has already been intercepted, this new age ship. But let me just read you a little bit about this one. Because, again, remember what they said? We're just going to keep sending ships in. We're just going to keep creating international incident after international incident, even though we're totally in the wrong. But we have the press on our side, so that's all that matters. Ahem. <clears throat> An aid ship trying to break the blockade of Gaza could reach the Israeli um, 20-mile coast late Friday. They've already done that. Okay, An activist said, but Israel's prime minister has vowed the ship will not reach land. Greta Berlin, a spokesman for the Free Gaza Group, which is the same one that just pulled all this garbage that we just talked about, said the Nicosia, which is a 1,200-ton Rachel Corey is heading directly to Gaza and will not stop in any port on the way. It is trying to deliver hundreds of tons of aids, including wheelchairs. Oh, they got to have the wheelchairs on there because then everybody really feels sorry for them. Medical supplies and concrete. By Friday afternoon, the ship was 150 miles from the coast of Gaza in international waters. The group said on its website, Irish Nobel Peace Prize Laureate. Mayrid McGuire and former head of the UN Oil for Food Program in Iraq, Dennis Halliday, were among the 11 passengers on board. So they made sure they had some really high-profile people on this. So that if there was any killing or whatever, oh boy, then there was really going to be an ultimate outcry. The Irish vessel is named after an American college student crushed to death by an Israeli army bulldozer while protesting house demolitions in Gaza. Any little thing they can use to demonize Israel, they're going to do. They're going to name a boat after the, this. Um, they're going to name a boat after this. After this uh, Israeli uh, 
or this American college student, it was an American college student, crushed to death in Israel by an army bulldozer, protesting house demolitions in Gaza. Israel will not allow the aid ship to reach Gaza. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told senior cabinet members late Thursday, according to the participant in the meeting, he said Israel made several offers, again, to direct the ship to an Israeli port, I'm, I'm assuming Ashdod, where the aid supplies would be unloaded, inspected, and transferred to Gaza by land. Isn't this reasonable? And the Israeli people are saying, we'll help you do this. But no, evidently that's not reasonable. The offers were rejected. Again! Netanyahu has hotly rejected calls to lift the blockade on Gaza. Good for him. I hope he never lifts it. Insisting that it prevents missile attacks on Israel. Yes, it does. The Rachel Corey's cargo of concrete is also a problem because the Israeli Israeli consider that to have military uses. Well, you can build a concrete bunker to protect yourself. I mean, if these people would, would just be civilized and not try to kill the Israelis, we wouldn't have this problem. But they've proven over and over and over again that they're liars, they can't be trusted, they'll say anything you want to you wanna hear as long as they can get their their implements of war in. They'll tell you what you want to hear, but they're liars. So again, Israel intercepts a new Gaza ship. You haven't heard a lot about this in the news, but they did intercept it. Um, they're being followed. Uh, I, I, I don't. So far, I don't think there's been an incident regarding that at this point. Here's another story. Is, uh, is Islamic propag- propaganda machine now says Israel is the world's most despicable country. Hundreds of Palestinians on Monday joined. Now this is the this is the um, after all that I've told you. This is the response of the Muslims. Hundreds of Palestinians on Monday joined a line of protest against the Israeli military occupation against Gaza aid flotilla and called for an end of negotiations with Israel. A number of Fatah officials and senior sources from other organizations were at the protest, including Palestinian parliament member Dr. Mustafa Bargodi. Speaking from the scene of the demonstration, Bargodi told Ynet that Israel has proven on Monday that, quote, it is the most despicable country in the world, for evidently for just defending themselves and for but they're the most despicable country in the world. If anyone expects to believe its pathetic lies, according to which the peace activists on the flotilla were carrying weapons, as the Israeli spokesmen have claimed, no, we've only got videos of all the weapons they were using. We've only got videos of them clubbing the, the people going down on the ship you know, as they were repelling down the lines from night vision cameras. We've only got videos of Israel peacefully warning them not to come into the waters. We've only got all that on our side, but evidently those are all lies. They have no footage to prove their point. Bargodi wondered, quote, Does Israel expect anyone to believe it? when it claims that the adults on the ships were carrying weapons? Uh, again, my comment is, I guess this devil didn't see the video of all their weapons in the above-referenced videos. Whether the, whether the videos of them wielding them, or the ones where they confiscated them afterward, and they took them on the ship and they, they put them all together. Like, they put all the sticks in one place, they put, like, you, should, you could see slingshots, uh, uh, sacks filled with marbles that I, evidently they were using in the slingshots, uh, all kind of stuff. Israel has committed a serious crime, an act of criminal piracy. It has made a fatal mistake. End of quote. Again, these guys are all habitual, demon-possessed liars. It's just lie after lie after... I have never seen a religion lie more than Islam. I've never seen it. It's just part and parcel of that cult, of that death cult. According to the Fatah officials, Israel has put itself at a delicate crossroads and will be forced to deal not only with the Palestinian state, but also with 40 European and Arab states. Ah, this is the reason they did it. They're trying to get all the world aligned against Israel. Like I said, it doesn't matter if the whole galaxy is aligned against Israel. I don't believe God's going to let... I'm not going to say they're, they're not going to 
suffer loss, or they might not go through a lot of stuff. And I've done the report the, the, from a biblical standpoint on Zechariah, where it looks as though two-thirds of, of Jews are actually, they end up dying, according to the Bible. But one-third is going to come through and is going to be tried as silver, and they're going to come through. And then they're finally going to get their eyes open, they're going to look upon whom they've pierced, meaning Jesus Christ, and mourn for him as mourning for their only begotten son. There's going to come a time when that happens. It's not going to happen yet. It's going to happen near the end of the tribulation, most likely, according to the Bible. But the reality is, is God's not going to let the, these, these devils wipe Israel out, no matter what they want, no matter how they gnash their teeth, no matter how enraged they get, no matter how demon-possessed they get. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And again, this sounds like a World War III, III threat to me, what, what this this quote we just are, uh, you know, it says they'll be forced to deal not only with Palestinian state but also with forty European and Arab states. Then they go on to say, Bargodi added, he said, Israel violated Turkish, Greek, and Irish sovereignty by attacking ships that carried their flags. No, they were were violating Israel's laws. It's not the other way around. I don't care what flag they're flying. They were the ones in the wrong, not Israel. And then it says it will be forced to face a much more extensive boycott and offer sanctions. Bergodi said, he added, the world will stop accepting Israel as a country that conducts itself as it is above the law. Come on! They did the least of what they should have done regarding this situation. And then it says, and will start to address itself Address it. The world will start to address Israel as it addressed the apartheid regime of South Africa. End of quote. Here's more Islamic lies. President, Iranian President Ahmadinejad said Israel's deadly raid on Gaza-bound uh, aid convoy marks the beginning of the end for the regime. Now, notice every single Arab, every single Islamic adherent that's in any kind of position of power that can speak. They're all universally condemning Israel at the same time. And it's real easy to get on that bandwagon, I guess, from a media standpoint. Because Israel's just by herself. And we can only take her word. Whereas all the other Islamic people in unison, well, they're all liars. They, they, they know this isn't true. They know, they, they know that their, what their intentions were. It was on TV. They, they, they told what their intentions were before ever even arriving there. Well, they're of their father the devil, and he's, of, he's the father of lies, right? They're of their father the devil, and of his lust they will do. So they're just acting on Satan's behalf. They're just mouthpieces for Satan, essentially. Israel is facing international condemnation over the flotilla incident. Several European states have summoned Israeli ambassadors over the assault. Ahmadinejad condemned the move on Monday, saying the attack on the Freedom Flotilla was a sign of Israel's weakness. Right. A select few Israel think that such, and he, this is his quote, a select few think that such actions are a sign of power, whereas they should be aware this will lead to their end. <laughs> you wish. And then he goes on to say, someone asked me why I no longer say Israel must be torn down. I say, I said because there is no longer a need to say Israel must be demolished, as the regime will self-destruct. Uh, and again, he's just demonically deluded. He added, the Iranian president also called on Tel Aviv's allies to stop supporting the regime that acts like a, quote, professional assassin. The time is right for the international community and the conscientious to take a resolute stance against the recurring crimes of this occupier and belligerent regime. That's what he said. He ended it. I give you all the links to all this. You can go read this, this garbage. Now, let's look at the Islamic propensity for lying taught in their, quote, holy books. Unholy books is what I call them. Muslims will do and say anything in order to advance Allah's agenda. The Quran says, um, 354, it says, Allah schemed against them. Who's them? The unbelievers. And Allah is the best of schemers. End of quote. So Allah is a schemer, he schemed against the unbelievers, and he is the best of schemers. Isn't that what we're talking about here? 
Isn't this just a demonic scheme? It's not enough it's based on facts or truth. The Arabic word used here for scheme or to plot is makara, which literally means deceit. If Allah is deceitful towards unbelievers, then there is little basis for denying Muslims are allowed to do the same. From another Muslim holy writing, unholy writing, called the Hadith, we read in Bukhara 52-269, he sa- it says, quote, The Prophet said, War is deceit. End of quote. The Muslims have proclaimed jihad, or holy war, against the Jews in America, among others. A major part of this war is deceit, according to their own writings. War is deceit. So this war that they pose, the the major tenet of it, because they can't beat Israel in a battle, is just to deceive and to deceive and to deceive and to demonize the Jews to the point where everybody will turn against them. Who's ultimately behind it? Satan. The demons that operate and work through the Islamic movement. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, okay, but against princes and principalities. Okay, so the spiritual battle is where this is really going on, and we we don't want to get our eyes off that either, because that's really um, what is behind this. Major part of the worst deceit. They are liars and admit to this in their own writings in their own unholy books. Muslims are allowed to lie to unbelievers in order to defeat them. The two forms of lies are, number one, takayah, which means saying something that isn't true, and the second form of lying is kitman, meaning lying by omission. So this is what's taught to them. I'm just teaching you basic tenets of their cult. Yasser Arafat, who was the Palestinian PLO president, um, incredibly evil dude, said, here's a quote from him. Uh, He said this in 1996. We plan to eliminate the state of Israel and establish a purely Palestinian state. We will make life unbearable for the Jews by psychological warfare and population explosion. That's what their plan is. Isn't this psychological warfare? Firing 12,000 rockets on them? They're trying to wear them down. Getting it, just taking more and more and more land, putting more and more pressure, demonizing, 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 psychological warfare and population explosion. We'll have as many babies as possible so that we can populate the world with more Muslims. Because, you know, to be quite honest with you, who'd want to convert to that devil religion? I know a lot of guys in prison do um, and stuff like that, but, you know, I, I, I can't imagine. And then he goes on to say, we Palestinians will take over everything, including all of Jerusalem. No, you won't, you devil. You're in hell right now, burning forever, and you know that's not true. That's, he, he's in hell. He's, he's, he's dead. So I can say that. Now, he knows it's a lie. Now, the bottom line is these Muslims should not be there. But let me ask you a question. Is it okay for Muslims to have fired off over 12,000 rockets from Gaza and other areas in Israel at the Jews within the last decade? And why And why does this happen? Um, this is a quote from Hassan al-Banna, founder of the Muslim Brotherhood. He said, quote, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it just as it obliterated others before it. That's what, they, that's what they teach. If Hamas terrorists in Mexico and Canada started to fire rockets and missiles at U.S. cities, how would the U.S. respond? How would any nation respond in defending their citizens? Let's put yourself in, in Israel's position. And then let's also look at this. Israel is a Jewish nation, one one-nineteenth, the size of California, and is one of the smallest nations on the face of the planet. With only 8,000 square miles of land mass, it is roughly two times the size of our smallest state, Rhode Island. The nation of Israel is surrounded by 22 hostile Arab Islamic dictatorships that are 640 times her size and 60 times her population. Arab propagandists call Israel, quote, expansionist. There is no truth to this statement as Israel occupies one-sixth of one percent of the lands called Arab. 
But, yeah, the Jews are taking over. They just want to be left alone. And here they are, giving up land for peace. All this garbage just makes things worse. The only thing that's going to work is annihilation. And that's not going to be... I'm not telling anybody to go out and kill anybody. I'm telling you, God is going to see to that. And I, and, and I really believe from a biblical standpoint, that is what's going to happen. Okay? This is God's doing, not mine. And I also found this. I thought that you might want to, want to know this. The Islamic resurrection is actually dependent on Muslims killing Jews. Did you know that? This is from Hamas spokesman, Dr. Ismail Radwan. He said, quote, and I give you the thing where you can watch him say it. I give you the video. Everything I've told you today you can is referenced here. The hour of resurrection will not take place until the Muslims fight the Jews and the Muslims kill them. The rock and the tree will say, quote, O Muslim, servant of Allah, there is a Jew behind me. Kill him. We must remind our Arab and Muslim nation, its leaders and its people, its scholars and students, remind them that Palestine the Palestine and the Alaska Mosque will not be liberated through summits nor by international resolutions. Rather, it will be liberated through the rifle. End of quote. I'm just quoting them. I'm letting them hang themselves. Uh, I'm going to have to stop here and go to the next part here. Um... I'm sorry this is this is kind of long and drawn out, but there's so much to cover regarding this issue. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you at part three.